Hey, Housing News listeners. This is Clayton Collins, your host for the Housing News Podcast. And today we are bringing you a very special announcement, an announcement about an acquisition that we've made at HW Media that is going to be really transformative in the company we are building and the way that we're able to serve you, our housing news audience and listeners across HW Media with Housing Wire, Real Trends and Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm really excited to bring on the CEO of the business that we acquired, who's joining our leadership team to help us build out this mission. HW Media has acquired Altos Research, an incredible housing market data business. And the founder and CEO, Mike Simonson, is joining HW as president of Altos. This episode is a very special behind-the-scenes look into a conversation between Mike and myself. And we're announcing this deal today. Like You are hearing about this first here on the Housing News Podcast. And I couldn't be more excited about this relationship that Mike and I have built over years that we're now able to bring our combined businesses together and help serve our audience. I really hope you're as excited about this as I am. And I hope you enjoy the episode and this behind-the-curtain look at the acquisition of Altos Research by HW Media. So, Mike, welcome to the Housing News Podcast. Great to be here. Thrilled to have you on. So, Mike, it wasn't more than a couple of days ago that you and I were out in your office in San Francisco sharing some sharing some pretty big news with our teams. That's true. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's exciting times. It's exciting times uh, for, for the industry and for, for us as companies. So, Housing News audience, you get to, to hear it. Here first, we're very excited to share that Altos Research, led by your guest today, Mr. Mike Simonson, is now part of HW Media. And we have a very exciting vision that we are excited to bring to the housing industry and to you, our housing news audience. So uh, I hope you'll indulge us today and listen to a little bit of the backstory, some of the entrepreneurial the mission and the the exploration that Mike took to build his business and the path that brought us together. Mike, you excited to kind of go operator to operator and talk about the entrepreneurial path? For sure. I love talking about that part of the journey. <laughs> and then we'll also get in some of the amazing real-time housing data that Altos brings to real estate professionals and enterprise clients across the ecosystem. We got some really exciting stuff in the mix, but that's not meant at all to discount the amazing impact that Mike and the Altos team have already had in the in the market. So uh I'm I'm really excited to to share this vision. So so Mike, let's 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 start in the beginning. How did Altos begin? What was your what was the founding vision and the the path that you started down? You know, I am a data software guy. I've always built software that took uh, a lot of information and made it usable for people. And I came to Silicon Valley like 24 years ago, two bubbles ago, I like to say. Uh, and in we were working on network, the the network at the time, network performance and security and and these things. And uh, a lot about a lot of that uh, that process is understanding all the data. There's a billion packets on the network and which ones are are at risk and which and where the performance uh, challenges. And, and so it's really a data visualization problem. When I was um, in grad school in the 90s, I, I talked to an entrepreneur who did some health 
information, a health data software company. And I realized at the mo- that moment that really the software company that I would eventually build would be a data company. It took me about a decade to, to figure out what that data was. And, and that process was I bought, it's 2001, I bought my little old overpriced piece of junk Silicon Valley house with a giant mortgage. I'm 30 years old. And, and, uh, and this was as the NASDAQ bubble was, was blowing up and I needed to know what was happening. Um, we, it was one of those moments actually like right now where, where as a buyer, we knew the market had shifted before the sellers did. And we ultimately got a good deal on a property, but then the market changed, continued to change for a couple of years in Silicon Valley, the NASDAQ bubble that, that evaporated and the median price in the town of Los Altos where we bought fell by a third. But what I was doing at the time was just building models of like just tracking the homes for sale. Uh, it was just at that moment that all of a sudden you could see what was for sale. It was now on the internet. Uh, so I started building the models and I realized things like, you know, the median price in Los Altos fell with the NASDAQ, but the bottom didn't go anywhere at all. And I had bought the cheapest house in the nice neighborhood kind of approach. And, and so I, I was, uh, doing that for my own purpose. I did it for a few years. Uh, and, and I was just understanding the market and about, um, somewhere along in 2004, 2005, 2004, there was another catalyst moment. There was a, as a time when, uh, we watched the traditional real estate data providers. We're, we're using closed transactions that happened several months ago by the time that data gets out to you. And the market was changing dramatically. It was in 2004 and 2000, 2003, four and five, um, the, the housing market was just exploding across the country and Silicon Valley was right along with that. Um, and, and, uh, but, but if you had looked at lagging data, from before, you would have thought the housing market in Silicon Valley was ready to tank if your dad was lagging, but it was obviously already on its way up. There were moments like this, and there was like a report published by Economy.com, I remember, that said Silicon Valley housing market is poised to tank. Uh, but if, you know, it was based on February data, it was now the report was then built in March, April, May. It was published in June and July. And by, by that moment in July, the market was on fire. That report was an expensive report and it was already way out of date. And it was like those kind of catalysts that made me realize that my, my little personal data modeling, uh, I had more information than anybody in the world. And, and that was a point where I said, wow, maybe we should go commercialize this. And so it was January 1 of 2006. I quit, uh, what I thought at the time was my last, um, job. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, and then we started Altos Research and we built the company and it's been almost 17 years now uh, before this moment of transition where we get to join HousingWire. So Mike, there's four themes like screaming out of that story. One, like lagging data is not as valuable as it once was. And you were looking to solve a problem for more real time information. Two, the industry focuses on median so often, but you're talking about a data analysis level that lets you see housing data 
in the scenario of Altos by quartile and understand how homes at different price points in a market move differently, which is an incredibly important insight. Whether you're a buyer, seller, investor, prop tech company, whatever you're doing, important insight. Three, data has to be visualized and usable. That's like one of the big challenges that we see in housing data today and that I think we can solve together. And four, which is arguably the most, one of the most aligned themes with Altos and HW is that professionals rely on information and data and news during periods of change more than, more than any other time. And all of these themes are popping out in the Alto story. You're looking for data during periods of change. You're understanding different levels of the market. You're looking for real-time information before it was available to other folks in the market or if other folks in the market just weren't looking in the right place. So how have these big themes influenced how you built the business and the products that you've brought to market for realtors and enterprise clients? Yeah. I mean, let's start with the price range analysis. One of the things that I needed as a personal a personal insight was to look at my market in, in the high end of the market, maybe behaving very differently from the low end. And I had bought, you know, that there's an, that old saw in real estate, which is like you buy the cheapest house in the best neighborhood. And that's what I had done. Uh, and my, and my insight was that when the top of the market was correcting down, people, there were mortgages were still easy to get in 2005 and 2004, 2005. And so you could get a million dollar mortgage and in Silicon Valley. And, and, and so the bottom of the market didn't correct down anywhere. And that's a really powerful insight. So it's like, it was, it was, I needed it personally, but it turns out, um, I'd learned that modeling technique from the network security world. And then I applied it in, in the real estate space. Uh, traditionally in real estate, people will segment the market by dollars and they'll say, what's luxury? Luxury is a million dollars or more. And, but, but of course that doesn't work across the country. A million dollars in Dallas is not a million dollars in San Francisco or San Jose. Uh, and, and like a million dollars in San Jose is a dumpy enter, you know, like old, entry level house. Um, and so you can't, so the observation was you can't set those price ranges by, by dollars. You have to set them by every market has those high end, a medium, medium, low and a low end. So that was one of the things we did there. Um, and it's about communicating for what people need to understand. Um, and in real estate, it's like, sometimes I buy that lower price one and I want to remodel or expand and move up the net to a next quartile. What does that mean? Like that, that kind of visualization was very powerful for me. The visualization part of the journey, right. Is, uh, is one of the things that I find very satisfying about what we get to do. Like we're in a communication business. We're in the business to help our, our professionals communicate to their buyers and sellers, to their investors, to the to the people who have exposure and the, the, a well done data visualization is like infinitely powerful for that space. You, you, it, you can draw the conclusion, you can see where things are headed. So those are a couple of examples. I mean, the first time I really started getting to know Altos da data, I felt like I could win a listing appointment having never sold a home before. Like knowing all of the important market dynamics in any zip code in the country, 
is such a powerful tool. It makes you so smart on being able to talk about what's happening in a specific neighborhood. So if you're a loan originator or a title professional or an agent or a broker or someone who's analyzing markets and investing in properties, like the the level of information that you bring to a single screen is just something that has always impressed me. And one of the reasons I think this deal came together so so smoothly is we look for ways to tell stories in a clear, concise, efficient way. And you're doing that with data about the housing market. Yeah. And, you know, it's, as you think about that, the, one of the, the things that I've learned is appealing about this business and, and the approach that we've been able to take over time is, you know, I, I've said that there's only three questions with consumers in real estate. Uh, the first is what's for sale. Second is how much is my house worth? And the third is, how's the market? What's going on? And that, that how's the market question is what Altos answers. You know, we have, you have the, the MLSs and their IDX solutions and, and things like Zillow, Redfin for like looking for what's for sale. It used to be that like in, in like the nineties and earlier agents thought that that was their value. Like I've got the listings that what's for sale. Uh, and it is like, that's, that's a big value, right? That's one of the big questions. Uh, how much is my house worth? You know, when Zillow launched, uh, their, the website in, uh, 2006, uh, they were on the front page of the New York times because they answered the question, how much is my house worth? And like, that was it. Um, and it is a compelling, compelling question for consumers, but the question of how's the market, this, this is like a big set. It's, is it a good time? Is it, uh, do I have a lot of competition? Do I need to make over, do I overbid? What, like, do I have choices? These are all how's the market questions. And, and so that's what Altos is focused on. And, and what happens is, okay, now I know my house is worth $575,000. Like I answered the house, uh, the, how much is my house worth question. But next week, the market's changing and the how's the market question is always fresh, is always dynamic. You know, we, you know, are, are there fewer bidders than there were last week? Are there fewer buyers? Are there, uh, is inventory starting to build? And so, you know, when we're communicating, uh, with people who have exposure to the real estate market, buyers and sellers or investors or, you know, uh, lenders, any of the, the constituents, like understanding that 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 is totally dynamic all the time is really what where we've focused our attention, and it's also why it fits well with the the journalism organization, the media. Like there is news in the data every day, and vice versa. So, Mike, if you had to like, if we had to put like what Altos does on a t shirt, like make this like really concise. Like the the answer is Altos answers the question, "How's the market?" That's is that the yeah. Oh, you're a realtor. How's the market? Like, like that's, you know, that like, oh, you, you're a lender. How's that market right now? Like the, like people ask you that immediately and that's what we do. And, and uh, it's funny because, you know, that like realtors in the real estate industry, you know, we're taught to, you don't want to be negative, right? You don't want to say the markets, the markets sucks, but, um, but sometimes the market sucks. So how do you describe that? Right. And you describe it with data, right? You say, well, Turns out that while we don't have, you know, a buyer demand is way down right now, we also know that supply is down. And actually that's why, you know, the like if you're an if you're a buyer now, you have 
less competition than you did a year ago. But, you know, supply is a little bit better, but it's still less than it was in 2019. Like those are factual things. And all of a sudden you're the expert communicating with the, the potential client at the other side. And now we're going to take a, a really quick break for this week's edition of the Mortgage Minute brought to you by Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. Would you turn away a self-employed borrower just because they can't qualify for a loan using their tax returns? I hope not. That would mean turning away money you could have earned. Hello, this is Tom Hutchins, EVP of Production with Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions, bringing you today's non-QM Minute. Next time a scenario crosses your desk for a self-employed borrower who takes significant tax write-offs, call your Angel Oak account executive. We don't require tax returns. Instead, we qualify the borrower using 12 or 24 months personal or business bank statements. And here's the best part. Our review team analyzes and calculates income upfront for you. Do not turn self-employed borrowers away. And if you don't work with them today, it's probably time you did. There's a huge population of self-employed out there and other originators are earning commissions right now, helping them purchase a home or refinance. Add a few closed loans a month simply by offering a bank statement loan for the self-employed. And that's today's non-QM Minute. The loyal housing news listeners will know that in some form or fashion, I've asked almost every guest this year, how's the market? Um, whether it's under the context of, hey, you're at a, a barbecue and your neighbor asks, and uh, under the context of being a mortgage bank CEO or, or a real estate agent or, or an appraiser, we all have to answer that question. I answer that question all the time as a, as a housing media executive. And um, the point you just made about answering your data is the exact right answer because the the market the housing market is a market there are dynamics that are good for buyers and good for sellers and good for investors and rarely do all three of those things align and so it's very important to be able to answer the question with with facts and figures that give the person you're speaking to the knowledge they need to kind of sum up to how the market's working for them right now and how they should behave in the market because uh a fast moving market like we saw the last two years was really good for a lot of market participants, but really bad for others. And the market we're operating in right now has the same kind of dynamic. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, it's like, it seems like every day there is a, we're, we're in a uncharted territory. But you never want to tell a, pros- a prospective home buyer that, well, we're in uncharted territory. Like that's not, <laughs> that's right. But here's what, you know, like, but the data helps us illustrate you know, what's going on. Right. So that's the whole point. And you brought some like really simplified visualizations to the platform that, that help people have a, a gut check or a pulse check on where the market stands. The The market action index is incredible. Tell us a little more about the, the market action index. The market action index is uh, designed to be at a glance and answer the question, how's the market? So it, it, it uses supply versus demand to come up with an, with an index number that works like a thermometer. Um, one of the traditional, the challenges with traditional real estate data is understanding demand. The, the traditional approach would be to track the number of sales. And, uh, while sales go up, you know, when there's more demand, um, you can't gauge demand by, by sales in a supply constrained market. Uh, 
So in the last several years, in fact, in the last decade, inventory is available inventory of homes for sale in the U.S. has been falling every year, uh, with the exception of a little bit in 2018 and, and right now is that it's climbed from last year. Uh, so inventory is significantly less. There are fewer homes on the market than in 2019, 2018, like there have been. And so how do you gauge demand if it hits up on the supply limit? So what the market action index does is uses some proxies for demand and flips it around so that we can use at a glance, we can say, okay, in Kalamazoo, how's the market right now? And, and we can see that it, it's, oh, it like supply is sufficiently tight. Demand is obviously falling. So the market action index is falling and has fallen all year. But in Kalamazoo, it's fallen less uh, dramatically than it has in Phoenix. And so you can very quickly use the market action index to, to look any part in the, any zip code in the country to, to get that, that quick view. And again, yeah, it's like when you look at an Altos report, you know, you can as a as a as a lender, or as a realtor, or as an investor, you say the first thing you can do is go like, "How's that? What's the market action index doing? Is it falling from here? If we're going to sell this house, and the and the market action index is falling, that's the market telling us supply is increasing, buyer demand is decreasing, and like th- that means that we want to have a different strategy." than we would if, you know, if the market action index is climbing recently. So that's what you get out of that data. That's awesome. So Mike, I want to give our listeners a little glimpse into the, the strategy and, and talk about why HW and, and why Altos and, and why together. So um, I don't think I've, I don't think I've said this on the podcast and certainly haven't said it in many public formats, but like the, vi- the vision, like what, what we are building here, what, what started with the acquisition of housing wire in 2016 and what led to the acquisition of real trends in 2020 and reverse mortgage daily in 2021 was this vision that the housing industry is becoming increasingly interconnected real estate professionals, mortgage professionals, loan servicers, secondary market professionals, investors, builders, we are all incredibly interconnected. And if we go back decades, we see an ecosystem that's really, it's really fragmented. And as we look at the economic drivers and demographic drivers and the news that matters, it's becoming increasingly interconnected and our success is, is dependent on the success of other players across the industry. So from a news and information perspective, we need to bring housing information closer together so we can serve the industry as a sector opposed to industry as distinctly different professional categories. So as it leads to the product that we're building and the the business that we're building, if we're going to like have to like put a really simple like t-shirt level like label on this, we're we're building the Bloomberg of housing. We are building a media brand that brings together housing information that includes reporting, analysis, long foreign journalism with the data that helps industry professionals make decisions on a daily basis in every client interaction, but also at a big strategic level. So you can plan for where the market is going and have the information you need at your fingertips. 
And our team at HW has done a phenomenal job building relationships across the industry with all of the trade organizations like National Association of Realtors and the MBA on accessing great survey data that we cover in our reporting every day. And we have great relationships with a lot of different information and data companies that do data as a, as a core business function and others that have um, kind of information or data exhaust that kicks off from their business and, and that we can learn from and, and, and cover in partnership. But this deal with Mike really brings our first, I guess we'd call it proprietary data source inside of HW and brings our team together, a united team with different capabilities and uh, that help us move toward that mission of building the Bloomberg of housing and our and our true HW mission statement of moving markets forward. We believe that this strategy will not only help housing professionals be more impactful and more efficient, being able to access more information and the right information in a, a single location versus having to hunt it down across the, the, the internet or inbox. And we also believe that the teams we're bringing together, Mike's team, an amazing team of real estate analyst professionals, web developers, data professionals that have a very unique skill set complements the capabilities and team members that that we have at HW. So that's a little glimpse into, into what we're building and how the organizations will come together. Mike, I want to kind of drop to you and, and ask, how do you see Altos playing a role in this vision? I'm uh, particularly excited. So we're keeping the Altos brand. We're keeping the Altos business and the whole, everything intact uh, because I think we, we have like a great relationship with our clients and um, and the industry and, and it's been, it's been an exciting ride and, and the team, right? We're keeping that intact. And so what we get to do is take the opportunity to hand the data to the analyst and journalist environment to extract more value, more narrative, more information from, from the raw data, right? So I do, you know, my weekly video where I talk about the U.S. housing market at the top level. It's a 10 minute video once a week, but there is so much information in the data all the time that we're really that, that opportunity. We get to expose more of the story for more people, uh, like as it's happening. And so like, that's a real, it felt, it's, it feels so complimentary to me, you know, with like focused on Two companies focused on bringing the best information about the the residential real estate market to the people who need it now. And th- those two, th- there are very few companies uh, in the world where that alignment was as close. So that's like really why it, it felt it felt like the right opportunity for us right now. Yeah, Mike, thanks for thanks for adding that, and and it re- reminds me to bring up the the new product or the new capability that is, that is coming to market right now. And, and that's advanced analytics. And, uh, the, the Altos that, that many users and customers have gotten to know over the years is, is only, is only getting stronger with the, some incredible product innovation that's, that's been in the works for a while. And, uh, I'm excited that, um, is in market now and we get to bring the market in a bigger way together. Mike, give us a quick glimpse into, to advanced analytics. Yeah, so the advanced analytics product is a is a new data visualization platform that lets you dive into the Altos data. So traditionally, Altos is like, here's market reports for local area uh, for the, for any zip code in the country, or here's a giant data file. Knock yourself out. 
And, and if you want to do the, the, like, I need to do the analysis for, you know, some markets in Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. Now we have a tool where you can very quickly go, let's see, I want to rank all the zip codes in Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania by market action index or by inventory or by price changes or, and then see which ones bubble up to the top. Like who, who, which, which markets are changing most quickly right now? Or I want to be able to, to say, we're thinking of investing in this new part of Florida. We haven't been there before. What do we need to know about that part of Florida? And I want to be able to watch it every week so I can bring up the latest data, build a dashboard. So it's, it is allows our users to query the Altos data to do things like answer questions, um, compare markets, rank them, you know, dive in, watch their changes over time. This is a really like a new way for people who, uh, don't have big data teams to get at the big data. Well, Mike, I don't want to give away all of our announcements and all the progress that our, our audience and clients are going to get to benefit from as we bring our two organizations together. But rest assured, there's a lot of great things to come for, for housing information. And I couldn't be more excited to build with you, Mike. I'm thrilled that you'll be joining our leadership team as the, the president of Altos and, and working hand in hand as we build this strategy and the, the vision for bringing more accessible, actionable, and real-time knowledge to housing professionals across the sector. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, Clayton. And it's, uh, it, like I said, it felt like the right combination, the, the mission and the vision and the capabilities were well, super well aligned. And, and so like, we're going to go, we're going to have some fun stuff to do in the next few years. Most certainly. And uh, to our housing news listeners, I will commit to you that next time we have Mike on, he will answer the question, how's the market? And we will make sure we bring him back as a repeat guest to um, to arm you with the information that, that helps you in your career. Mike, thank you very much. Thanks, Clayton. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.